Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. Monkey MMA Radio on iTunes, Stitzer Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, Cast Roller, the TuneIn Radio app, MMAFutures.com, and FightBookMMA.com. If you want the freshest news and notes on MMA, then check out FunkyMonkeyMMA.com. Interested in sponsoring the show? Then send an email to FunkyMonkeyMMA at gmail.com. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. MMA fans, are you looking for something to set you apart? Then check out AltercationClothing.com. Altercation Clothing is a brand with attitude, offering fans and fighters alike a variety of specialty shirts. If you won't back down, then you're ready for an altercation. Altercation Clothing can be found on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Altercation Clothing. Altercation Clothing is a proud sponsor of Funky Monkey MMA Radio. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. Welcome back to Funky Monkey MMA. I am Kane Miller. I am joined with Rob Mead, Dave Madden, and founder of Legends of the Cage, Brian Moore. With us, we have Daniel Martinez, who is the founder of The Cypher. Uh, Daniel, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So you followed, you founded this project called The Cypher. Can you kind of give us uh, a rundown of what the uh, what the goal of this project is? Yeah, so the Cypher is a company that my wife and I started actually, and really it all started about last year when I initially joined a nonprofit and I became president and CEO of a nonprofit after graduating law school. And I really worked in a nonprofit. I, I love what I was doing. I, I met great celebrities, and in turn, we had a concussion program that I really reached out to fighters and helped them out in that area. And what ended up happening was a celebrity ended up coming to me and saying, "Hey, do you like what you're doing?" And I loved it. And they said, well, how about you do that and manage me? And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't really feel like doing two different things. And so then I had a very, 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 really famous celebrity come to me and say, dude, you should definitely be some kind of coach, some kind of personal consultant or advisor. Like you should be making money on the side of this. And so I said, all right, look, you're super famous. Let me go ahead and uh, let me see what I can do. And so my wife, my wife and I sat down one night and we started talking. And so I said, look, what I'll start doing is pretty much personal coaching, personally coaching people and trying to work in that area and also being like a consultant for celebrities. And then I wrote a book in October called The Cypher Life. And uh, it's kind of the basics of what usually when I have a phone call with a person and do like an intake session, it's all the basics. And then after writing the book, I had had a great friendship with Brian Moore before. And he came to me and started talking to me about managing fighters. And then I remembered all those things that these fighters would tell me where they would give up crazy percentages, these managers, so forth and so on. And look, I have a law degree. I was like, I can help these people out. This is a contract negotiation, things like that. That's what I'm good at. Those are things that 
I can definitely help with give people advice. I can help with that. So Brian and I got together and we said, what do we want to do? We want to change the game completely. We want to be able to provide comprehensive management to where these fighters are getting everything in-house. And you're actually going to get a manager who knows about you, who knows your story, who's going to follow you, who's going to contact you every day, let you know what's going on, be honest with you. And at the same time, not charge you 40%, not take away 40% of your money or 10% of your money. Like we, we go in this and we say, look, we'll do 4%. And if we can't negotiate a higher price than an original contract, then don't worry about it. But we're in this for the fighters. We're in this to help the fighters. And in turn, all the things I was doing before, all the life coaching, mental coaching I was doing for fighters and athletes, that is also brought into this. So these fighters are getting life coaching to set them up after fighting to make sure that they have a business concept they can go for it. They have personal consultants that are in my company currently that they will consult with in order to, if they want to open up a gym, they'll have that kind of advice there. If they need mental coaching right before a fight, they need to talk to a sports psychologist. We have all those things in-house in order to provide full, complete management for a lot of these fighters. And that's where we're at right now. I, I think something right. that stood out to me when you, you mentioned the, the previous organization you were with and I, that's where I got to meet you. And it's kind of funny, you know, it feels like almost like, you know, different websites, different time. It, it feels like so long ago, but you know, it was really only like <laughs> six months ago. And, you know, I think what stood out to me chatting with you at that time was just your, your, your obviously your passion about not, you know, helping fighters and, and helping MMA grow, but, you know, also just helping people and, um, it's just you know, obviously when you, when you're talking with you, it's like you you feel uh, very much at ease in the sense of you're just chatting with someone, and um, I, I always I just I always appreciate that about you know whenever we would talk, and so I was really happy to see you come out with a book, and mm-hmm. you know I just wondered if you wanted to to talk a little more about your book before uh, maybe I got into other thoughts I had after after listening to it. Yeah, so. Where I come from, man, I come from the ghetto, like New Orleans, Louisiana. I don't have necessarily the greatest formal education. It's funny. I I literally, the last grade I finished was eighth grade. After the eighth grade, I got, I was homeless. I had no family life back then. And I took my GED and joined the military. That's all I could do right then and there. And I took this eighth grade education and this GED, met my beautiful wife in the army and did my, did my time in the Army, and after that, she pushed me to go on to college. And I didn't know if a college was going to take me or what was going to happen. So I went ahead and applied to a bunch of colleges. Radford University picked me up and said, look, we'll take a chance on you. You literally are coming at this with no SAT, no ACT, nothing like that. Coming out of New Orleans, Louisiana, a little scared, but we'll go ahead and do it anyway. So Radford took the chance. We went ahead, and I applied. I got in there. I finished my four-year degree in two and a half years and ended up graduating with a 4.0 political science and religion and then applied to a bunch of law schools and got into a top 30 law school at the University of Tennessee College of Law and graduated there in a great spot in my class and loved what I was doing. And I noticed the whole entire time, my whole journey has been in order to help people. Like I came from nothing and that's where I would have stayed had I not had this motivation and all these people helping me. So the book and what we're doing and what I'm doing with the Cypher on the Life Coaching side has to do more with trying to help people understand that they 
can do whatever they want to do. They can reach whatever dream they want to reach, no matter what situation you come from, you can do it. And there's certain steps and keys that if you just change a certain thing or a certain mindset, you can achieve your goals, you can achieve your dreams, and you could really make a difference in, in the world that you want to make a difference in. So for me, I wanted to go to law school. I wanted to help people. So it was a natural transition to go straight into the nonprofit world because that's what you do there. You kind of help people. You're a person that just – all you do is get people that need help nonstop. That's all you do. You get all these requests. And so your whole goal is to find ways in order to help them, in order to problem solve if somebody needs money here, how to, how to actually get that kind of money, what to do, how to help them. So it was a natural transition. And then it, I saw a lot of these fighters and kind of what they, they were coming at me with a bunch of issues and I was seeing a bunch of things. And I guess my natural reaction is to try to jump in and help. I don't know. That's, that's like what, what I do. And that in turn has turned into managing and doing this thing. But the book are kind of, stories the journey a little bit kind of where I came from and what I did to get there and like I said it's the basics of how to achieve your dreams what do you need to do to achieve your dreams these are some topics and some ways to approach these topics from like a different a different angle one of my favorite uh, chapters and you did tie it directly more so to MMA and fighting was um, chapter six and this idea of losing the fight is actually more torturous than uh, the, I'm sorry, the thought of losing the fight is actually more torturous than actually losing the fight. And I just had never thought about that, I guess. I, yeah. I wonder if you could, since you've had such firsthand experience and I mean, helping someone with this issue, just like digging more into that. Cause that just seemed, uh, I mean, not uh, beyond my understanding, but just really interesting. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of fighters and and doing coaching over the years, personal coaching, a lot of them are scared. Like fighting is not it's not necessarily the most fun thing in the world. It's great. They love training and they love teaching, and you learn a discipline from it. But it's not necessarily the thing you would choose to do the night of. You know, a lot of these people have nerves, and so a lot a lot of the the problems is they don't they are scared to face their fear, and the actual thought of facing their fear causes them to shell up more and to mentally break down. And it's even worse than actually just going in there and fighting. So the same thing happens with people that are, that are on like airplanes, right? They could ride in an airplane and the actual ride may not be as terrifying as all the stuff leading up, all the thoughts that go into their head where they're like, man, I, I could crash. All the things that could happen, all the possibilities that if you thought about it logically probably wouldn't happen. All that stuff tortures them leading up to the event. And so a lot of these fighters, when they, when they think about fighting, when they think about possibly losing, that thought of that loss really gets to them mentally and causes them to break down mentally before the fight. And actually losing, like after a fighter loses, they're like, all right, look, this is my life now. I've got to move forward. I've got to pick up and, and drive on. And they don't realize that, man, all that thought prior to, all that thought you put into actually maybe losing really hurt you in the long run. It caused you to not pull the trigger in a fight. You were, you were too afraid to let things go. You hear fighters say it all the time. Man, I, I know I should have thrown this combo, or I, I know what I, my mind was telling me what to do, but I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. And a lot of that is a product of thinking before and being more fearful of actually losing. So what I do with fighters, and every fighter is different. There's fighters out there that love to fight. 
There's fighters out there that they don't have this issue at all. So the, that's why the service that I provide outside is, is really great because I break down every fighter individually. And these fighters that do have this mental issue, that's really where it comes from is the fact that they're scared to lose. They, they allow themselves a lot of times when they can't pull the trigger in a fight, it's because they, they've thought about losing so much that it's, it's caused a mental breakdown, a mental block, and they can't let things go. So some of these fighters beforehand, we just really work on not only visualization, but different techniques in order to stop that fear of losing. There's no fear of losing anymore. You go in there, you do what you got to do. You've been training your whole entire life for this. Let's go and make it happen. Let's not fear the loss anymore. And so when, that, when I've been able to do that with fighters, it's transitioned them. It's some fighters that's changed their career completely and, and caused them to now, they don't care about losing. They go in there and they have, a, they have a great time. They fight and they walk away a lot of times victorious. Are, are a lot of the guys so fearful of losing, are they mostly undefeated? Um, so, yeah. Or they might just be undefeated in the UFC. You know, they might have some kind of record oh. or, you know, something like that. A lot, of, a lot of it's tied to losing your job. You know, the UFC is a big organization and it's the organization to be in, but they have a ton of fighters and you hear people getting cut all the time. And so they're, some of them are afraid of the embarrassment. And then you have another, another group of fighters that's scared to lose their job. And then you have another group of fighters that feels like they're going to embarrass themselves in front of the family, in front of their, their home life, all this stuff. And then you have people that go out there and afraid to lose money, you know, afraid that they're not going to be able to make the kind of money. So there's a lot of fear in losing that some everybody attacks it from a different approach. Not everybody necessarily fears losing for the same reason, but there's a lot of fighters that fear losing. And that's, and that's sort of, I help them deal with that mentally. And I have mental coaches as well, as well, that works for the company that helps them deal with that. That's where that concept comes from. It's just facing your fear. That, that, that whole concept, and also being able to realize that just the thought of your fear can really break you down so much so that it causes you to, to, to kind of perform poorly. Yeah, and I just wonder that because I've been hearing, you know, more and more those, those sayings that we always hear that, you know, never in the hands of the judges, whatever. But, but mm-hmm. that idea of, oh, maybe they just got to get their first loss in. And I just, you know, these guys are the ultimate competitors of, of sports and how in the world does losing ever get easier there even on a even on a smaller stage i i the idea of losing your job is uh maybe something i never really thought of as um you know obviously it's there but you you don't keep that in your mind as much as just the loss but even at the the smaller shows i mean these guys have eyeballs on them and you're the only ones competing and you know, I don't see how losing could ever be easier. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a big pressure. And some fighters, you know, I do this technique, and I'll, I'll let you in on it. So I'll do this technique with some fighters to where they visualize losing. Now, that seems very counterintuitive. It almost seems like something that, that many people wouldn't do, but it's actually worked out great because I, I'll, I'll go through, okay, think about the fight and think about you going in there, and then you're going to take the loss. In your mind, visualize all those things. Everyone visualize winning. And winning's great, but when you're scared to lose, I want you to visually go through the actual act of losing. And these fighters, they get wound up, and they're like, man, I, I get nervous. I'm, my palms are sweaty. You know, those feelings are coming. And see, I try to get them to visualize the bad stuff. And this isn't when they have a fight. This is prior to fight camp. I don't want them visualizing losing to a certain opponent. But, you know, this is something, a, a technique that we use 
outside of that. And it's really something that they'll come back and be like, man, it's getting easier. It's getting easier to, to think all the way through it. It's getting easier to, to actually get to the end of it without holding my breath until I'm going to pass out. It's get, I'm not sweating anymore at the end of it. And then that's when we start to really break down that whole loss thing. It's almost like a lot of times you can't, you fear the things that you can't wrap your mind around, but these fighters can't go in there and lose 20 times in order to break themselves of this fear. You know, just like you said, how can, how can a loss be good? Well, if you can visualize yourself losing before a lot of fighters, and I've had very, very great success with these fighters going in there and ending their fear of losing because they're able to visualize that loss while they're in training camp. So that, that may answer your question a little bit. These fighters that, lose the you know if they can wrap their mind around it it's crazy how they can actually stop fearing the loss and stop fearing all the all the stuff that comes with that the idea of visualizing you you already kind of shared about how you thought about the plane and um i you know plane rides for me i i would rather drive but um anyways okay. I, you you then shared sometimes people don't need the visualizing aspect and the next layer is doing some research and go and and dig into that topic so I wonder, you know, you hear about these guys who step into the cage and they say, you know, they, they say it out loud that I didn't, wa- I didn't watch any film. I don't, I didn't look into them at all. And you know, maybe that's true. But then I wondered from mm-hmm. your side, uh, does that, does that just make you cringe? I mean, how, how do you, how, mm-hmm. how do you react to this idea of, I mean, they don't look up their, their especially in the edge of the internet. I mean, your guy's right there on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I, yeah. I just wonder what you thought about that. Yeah, no, it's, and that's why when every fighter that comes to me, we do a lot of intensive talking. We, we make sure that we really get into who that person is because everybody's different. I have fighters that if they came to me and they didn't watch any tape of their opponent, they'd be freaking out the night of the fight. I mean, they would literally, they would lose everything. They would lose, <laughs> they would, they would lose their mind because they didn't know who they were fighting. And then I have fighters who, Literally, they, they, they believe in themselves so much that they just focus on their own skills. And what that allows them to do is an opponent is always evolving. MMA is always evolving. So I can watch a fight on a person. I can watch 20 fights of an individual. But that time that they go out against me, they may show me something that I've never seen before. So there's some fighters that believe that watching tape can hurt you in that respect, in that regard. But they believe so much in themselves and their skills that if they just hone in on their skills and only focus on their skills, they'll win the fight nine times out of ten. They'll win every single fight if they can just be better than they were the last time. So, And you see it all the time. You see a fighter that comes out in a different style. Even TJ Dillashaw did it when he fought you know, that, that with, after going with Dwayne Ludwig and, and that whole movement. I mean, he didn't do that, any of that stuff before. If a fighter that fought him after Dwayne had him would have seen all the prior T.J. Dillashaw fights, he would have been lost that night of that fight because it's just crazy how much he changed and even in one fight camp. So those are the guys that, that really believe in themselves. Those are the guys that would go in that direction. But then you have another subsect of guys that if they didn't watch film, they'd drive themselves nuts. I mean, they would, they would go crazy not being able to watch the film on their guys. So really, it kind of breaks down per individual person, per individual fighter, and how these coaches kind of work with the fighters. Well, uh, and like I said, you know, this whole time that the fans have been sitting back and watching Legends of the Cage and the things we've been doing with the great legends of this sport, you know, um, over that entire year I've been working with Daniel from Decipher on several different aspects of of the game. 
and we, like I said, we've developed a friendship. We both have common goals. I mean, whether it be the legends or the future legends, the, you know, the people that are building the sport day in and day out now, you know, we're we're just here to help the fighters. So when I had the opportunity to partner with Decipher and Daniel and to do the great things that we're going to be doing here in 2016 and we're currently doing now, there was no way for me to pass that up, you know, and I would like to thank Daniel and Decipher for all the things that they're doing for the mm-hmm. fighters now. And thank you for letting us be a part of it as Legends of the Cage. Nah, man, I appreciate it. It's a, for, for everyone out there, it's a natural transition. Everything that you've done, I mean, you've been so great in helping a lot of these legends out. And just like you said, you've been helping past legends, and now it's time to help the future legends. You've been there, and that's what's great about everything that you bring to the table. You've seen where all the negatives are. You've seen a fighter that's been treated poorly where they could end up. And so you also, being, that, being able to refer back to that road, you're able to go into these young fighters and help them out so they never get to that point. So when they are in their older age, they don't have to worry about any kind of GoFundMe or anything like that because they've set themselves up for success. So Legends of the Cage, it's just a great transition because it's not just about the past legends, it's about the future legends, it's the current legends and the past legends. It's everything all together. It's great. Right on. And uh, before we get out of here, man, uh, if you want to throw out any, uh, you know, where people can find you online and all that. For everyone out there, you can check us out at Decipher.com. You can check us out at, at Decipher on Twitter. And we also have a Facebook That's account. the same for Legends of the Cage. You can follow us at TrueMMAHOF on Twitter. You can find us at LegendsOfTheCage.com on our website. And we also have a Facebook page as well. Yeah, and go get my book, people. Decipher Life. You'll love it. It's on <laughs> iTunes. It's on, it's on Amazon. You get it on Google Play. Go get my book. Change your life. And, and you know what? I'm going to add on to that sales pitch by just sharing how I've, I've done it. I've listened to it. I, I enjoyed it. And... Uh, you know, just the openness you have uh, in in your telling of your story and your your honesty. Uh, it takes less. It took me less than a week of driving back and forth from work, listening in the car, um, and I just I really enjoyed it. And so, you know, thank you, uh, Daniel, for putting together a book that just it gets you thinking, and it it, it was uh, it's enjoyable because it ties that idea of fighting, and which is something I just I love very much. So. Um, anyways, I just think good job, and I, I appreciated your work. Cool, man. I appreciate that. That's great. Love to hear that. Awesome. Uh, well, I think that we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. Uh, Daniel, again, thank you yeah. very much for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing what Decipher can do in the future. All right, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. I'd like to let the fans know that we plan on being at the Arnold Fest this year in Columbus. So come out, visit at the Arnold. Uh, we're also working with a Ronin Training Centers out of Columbus on setting up a Legends seminar where the fans can come out and actually roll with the Legends themselves. Um, We'll have a little bit more to announce about that on Twitter and the website as the weeks pass here. Are you looking for a new MMA website to check out? Then get over to MMARecords.com for the latest news, analysis, videos, in-depth blogs, fighter interviews, and more. From the local shows to the UFC, MMARecords.com has you covered. You can find MMA Wreckage on social media as well, on Twitter at MMA Wreckage, or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash UFC Fans Page. So stay up to date with all things MMA at MMARecords.com. MMA Futures and Funky Monkey Radio partner together to bring you the latest fighter interviews and MMA news. Check out MMAFutures.com.
You can listen to Funky Monkey MMA Radio on iTunes, Stitcher.